The Adam Crowley Show. Maybe I decide those t- teats don't need milking. Oh, it's close. That was close. Maybe I decide those t- teats don't need milking. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. The others don't need a squeezing. Crowley, man. For once, and I mean that, for once, the NHL did something right. It tinkered with expansion rules, and the Golden Knights took advantage. We knew that Vegas had a chance to compete. I thought they could win 40 games this year. I thought they'd be a team that would be a fringe playoff contender. I didn't predict them to make it, but I thought that they had a legitimate chance of competing for that final spot. What I didn't think was that this could happen. What nobody thought was that this could happen. But the league was smart in giving GM George McPhee the ability to bring in quality players and work side deals to ensure those players would wind up in Vegas. Other teams might be a little perturbed that they have to give up good players. They may be mad that they've slaved away at building rosters for a long time only to see that Vegas comes in and wins right away. But this is what's best for the league. If it makes GMs look bad, so what? It's ego, they'll live. But it's great for the league and for the sport of hockey. Why? Well, nobody's going to Pirates games right now. Because they don't win. And when they do, they'll go all in. Winning creates a bond with a team and a sport and a league. The Phillies used to sell out every damn game. And when they stunk, nobody went. Last year, nobody went. That's sports. Nobody in Vegas has cared about hockey. Now they have a reason to. And if they win this thing, and even if they don't, these fans are going to come back next year and a relationship is being born. The NHL was the first league in Vegas, and because the team is good, it's made the league popular in Vegas. New markets having success is great for the league. This is where I sound like a dope. In the past, I've said no expansion. Decrease the teams. Only put teams in markets where you know hockey will be a product that they'll consume. Only put the teams in hockey hotbeds. Only go to where you know the niche will be there. But that's not how you grow a league. That's not how you grow a sport. I'm an idiot. That was stupid of me. Clearly the move is to expand and allow that team to be good. Nashville's finally a hockey city because they've been great the last few years. D.C. wasn't one because they hadn't been good. Pittsburgh wasn't one until Lemieux got here. Success breeds passion. The earlier, the better. That's why the league was smart to allow Vegas to have success. They didn't think they'd have this much, but they knew they wouldn't be bad. And that's a win for the league. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I don't think that any hockey fan should be upset about the story that's going on in Las Vegas. If you are, you sound like a crusty old coot. You sound like a jackass. Uh, Anybody who's saying, oh, they haven't paid their dues, ah, just kiss my ass. So what they didn't pay the dues? They're a great hockey team. It's a great story. I will root for the story all day long once the Penguins are gone. Now, if it was Penguins versus Las Vegas Golden Knights, I'm pulling for the Penguins every time to beat Vegas. But that's not the circumstance. So now I'm going to pull for Vegas to beat anybody who comes out of the Eastern Conference. And I was split between them and Winnipeg because I think Winnipeg does have that long-suffering fan base. But it doesn't have to be about the fans. 
Why can't it just be about the team? Every single fan base in any sport, professionally or otherwise, has jackass fans, and they have fans that are great. They have passionate fans, and they have fair-weather fans. Every fan base is largely the same. Some are bigger, some are smaller, some vary at least a little bit, but most fan bases are the same. Uh, a douchebag over here, a really intelligent person over there. Fairweather fan here, a uh, guy who goes to every game, rain or shine, indoor, outdoor, no matter what, over there. And because of that, I don't think you should be rooting for fan bases. I don't think you should say, oh, Winnipeg deserves it. Okay, they do, sure, fine, but do they deserve it more than Washington? No, probably not. Uh, and just being from Canada doesn't mean you win that tiebreaker, at least not in my book. Tampa's been really close for a while now. Does it mean that they don't deserve to win? Does it mean that they... Tom. Hey, Tom. Adam. Are we back? Welcome back. Where'd you go? Am I on the air? Yes. Hey, how about that? How about that? Hey, we, dro we dropped out. I don't know where I was before we dropped out either. What was the last thing I said, Tom? Verbatim. Give it to me. Oh, probably talking about Flurry, right? I hadn't been talking about Flurry in like eight minutes. I have no idea. Ah, it's nice to know that you were paying attention to the show. It's good to know that Alex is paying attention back here, too. No one cares. No one loves me. We're out in Cranberry at the North Park Lounge. Come on by. Find Alex. He's in the red sweatshirt. A t-shirt, pardon me. And you can use the iPad to sign up for a chance to win a trip for you and somebody, presumably a lover, I would think, to go to St. Louis to watch the Pirates get swept. Back to my topic. Let's see if I have enough time to get into it before we drop out again. Not to sound salty. I'm not. It's just, you know, you prepare for a show, you start talking, you're talking for 15 minutes in a segment. You prepare to talk for 15 minutes and then you don't get to use all your notes. Or you talk for two minutes and it wasn't on the air and it's not worth doing. I should have just sat here and shoved my thumb in my nostril and made weird walrus-type sounds. Anyway, you should root for Vegas. Just because you feel like your team or other teams in the league deserve it because their fans have suffered longer doesn't mean that you have to root for those teams over the team right now that is the greatest story, not just in hockey, but in sports. Uh, I don't root for fan bases so much anymore. I root for teams. Every fan base has a douchebag here or a douchebag there. Every fan base has intelligent fans here or intelligent fans there. That's just the way that it is. And because of that, I'm going for the new fan base because I like the players. Because I like Marc-Andre Fleury. Because I think Derek Englund's a stand-up guy. Because I like the idea of Carlson 
not playing well, getting booted from a team because he's not believed in it by John Tortorella, and then he scores 43 goals this year. I like Riley Smith taking off. I love everything about the Vegas Golden Knights because it's Cinderella, man. It makes you believe that your team can one day do it, and not because they earned it over years, but because they earned it that particular year. And sometimes it can just be about that. 412-922-2874 is the number. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Maybe I'll call into the station. I can do it via phone. How about that? Do it on the phone line. Then we won't drop out. At least, I don't think we should. Flurry should win the Conn Smythe even if the Penguins lose. Penguins did lose. They should give him the Conn Smythe even if the Knights lose. There's been one goalie in the history of the sport to win the Conn Smythe if their team loses the Stanley Cup final, and it was Jean-Sebastien Jaguer. He had a 9.45 save percentage in the playoffs in 2003. It was remarkable. I don't know if I've seen anything like that before until this point. Marc-Andre Fleury has carried an expansion team to the final due to a 9.47 save percentage. Fleury's playing better hockey right now than Jaguar did back in 2003, and that's saying something. Fleury's so quick. He's so athletic that everything he does looks difficult, and it's highly entertaining. But he's also been solid as a flippin' rock. Think about their decor. They're fine. But that's about it, right? They had McCabe, or McNabb, pardon me, and Schmidt on the ice. Two just okay players to salt away the game yesterday night against Winnipeg. So he's needed to be good. He's been that good. He deserves to get the trophy no matter what happens from here on out. He's going to need to not fall off a cliff, but he's not going to. This story's insane. He's insane. If it's Tampa, he's going to need to be spectacular. If it's Washington, well, okay, he probably still needs to be spectacular. But right now, today, as we sit, Marc-Andre Fleury is the best player in hockey. Not best goalie, the best player in hockey. Whether Vegas wins the cup or not, Flurry should win the cons might. Will Graves of the AP is going to join us at 520, about eight minutes to discuss the improbable ride of Marc-Andre Fleury. Is this the best Flurry's played? I mean, I think it is. He was tremendous in 2008 en route to losing the cup final to Detroit. That was not his fault. The team just wasn't good enough then. They were good. They were one of the best teams in hockey. Obviously, they were one of the last two teams standing at the end of the season, but they weren't as good as Detroit. They just weren't. Detroit had been there before. They had their best players playing at the top of their game. The Penguins had hosts, so they had Malkin, they had Crosby all playing at the top of their game. The power play was great, but they didn't have the experience to overcome that team. But Marc-Andre Fleur was outstanding. In 2009, they don't win if he's not the impenetrable force in game six and seven that he was. He was just as good in rounds one and two last year as he's been this year, I think. But for a sustained playoff run, it can't be anything other than this year, right? 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. He had a 977 save percentage, for God's sake, in that first series against Los Angeles. Uh, That doesn't happen. I don't care who you're playing. I don't care what level you're playing, but as long as you are in the NHL with a 977 save percentage, it's insane. 
uh, and really not even just in the NHL, but at any level overall. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Will Graves from the Associated Press going to be joining us soon. He's watched the entire career of Marc-Andre Fleury. He knows when he's been playing at his best and when he's not. What strikes me as odd, though, is that Penguins fans have totally bought in to Marc-Andre Fleury. They love this guy, right? But in 2011, did they love Marc-Andre Fleury? No, they were ripping him. In 2012, did they love Marc-Andre Fleury? No, they were ripping him. And it's not to say that it wasn't okay to rip Marc-Andre Fleury. It's not to say that it wasn't okay to throw out constructive criticism. But the problem is that the criticism was not constructive. The problem is that it got personal. The problem is that Marc-Andre Fleury got thrown under the bus and was named the scapegoat by every damn hockey fan, quote-unquote, in this town. And now, well, that's all in the past. We've loved Marc-Andre forever. Well, no. It seems like almost 100% of the people in this town are rooting for him, and almost 100% of the people in this town are rooting for Vegas right now. But about 50% of the people always seem to blame Marc-Andre Fleury, no matter why the Penguins lost, how the Penguins lost, what have you. He was the guy. He was the reason. He was the guy who was not playing well enough, and that's just not right. Uh, so it's frustrating now for me to see Pittsburgh either be this disingenuous or be, be a bunch of liars. Uh, that's the way I look at it. Because yeah, not that long ago he was getting crushed. And really on Twitter right now, a lot of people still are saying, oh, he never got hate that way. Well, yes, he did. Because Matt Murray got the hate too. Matt Murray got the hate this last year the same kind of way that Marc-Andre Fleury did whenever he had his failures. And Matt Murray's not the reason that they lost the playoffs this year. He's not. It's not his fault. He had a 9.07 save percentage, and that's not good. It's average. And when you're average in the playoffs, it's not good enough. But he didn't get any help. How many two-on-ones did you see the Capitals come in and score on? How many times did the Flyers have a wide-open scoring chance? How many opportunities did both teams have that were quality that Marc-Andre Fleury simply has not had to deal with in Vegas? A bunch. But yet Matt Murray was still the guy who got blamed. It's not about Murray or Fleury, really. It's about the goaltender. And in football, you're always going to have the quarterback getting blamed. In baseball, it's always going to be the pitcher. And in hockey, it's always going to be the goaltender because people, frankly, don't know what they're looking at all the time. And it's what happened to Flurry before. It's what's happening to Murray now. And it's why I find all this Flurry love at this point disingenuous at the very best. Coming up next, we've got Will Graves from the Associated Press. He will weigh in on the Murray versus Flurry debate. We all know that Jim Rutherford made the right decision, right? Well, we'll ask him when we come back. It's the Crowley Show. Jimmy John's Freaky Fast, Freaky Fresh. I'm calling because I saw one of your delivery persons today, and he was totally naked. Ma'am, I sincerely want to apologize for any... Fuck naked right there on the street. Ma'am, we're doing all we can to... And I say it's about darn time. I know, and I'm gonna... Wait, what? The human body is a beautiful thing, don't you agree? Well, I... We've suffered the tyranny of clothing for way too long. Okay, but... So thanks, Jimmy John's, for going all natural. Actually, ma'am, it's our meats that are all natural. Say what now? Our meats are all natural. Wood-smoked ham, choice roast beef, real fresh turkey breast, all natural and freaky fresh. So I don't suppose I can expect all natural delivery in the future? Uh, no. So how much alcohol would it take for you to get back with your ex, Tom? 40 beers. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, don't have, was... I don't have an ex, so I mean. What are you talking about? I don't, I don't have an ex. 
Uh, you never you never dated anyone I don't before? I have an ex-girlfriend, yeah. Live at the North Park Lounge in Cranberry, it is the Crowley Show. We are giving away a chance for you via Bud Light and Budweiser to take a trip to St. Louis and watch the Pirates lose to the Cardinals. How about that? Air flare, hotel, all the good stuff. Come on by, find Alex, sign up at the iPad at the Bamboo Bar here at the North Park Lounge. Joining us now to talk maybe about the Pirates, but the reason I brought him on was to talk more about the Vegas Golden Knights is Will Graves from the Associated Press. Will, how are you, buddy? I'm good, dude. You got a week off, huh? Hanging out with the kids? Hanging out with the wife? Future, you're at the Pekinier Future Rally. It's actually, I mean, like, you know, people give me a hard time. Oh, you're happy the, the Penguins lost and blah, blah, blah. You're a capital fan. And I wasn't kidding when I said... I'm happy they lost because I can go and do the things that I was, have not been able to do as frequently as I want to the last two summers, which was in the, last week, go on a field trip, go to career day, and uh, something else, some other some other deal. But the, and then my son's birthday was yesterday, so, you know, it's good. It's good. He turned nine. He grew up fast. He's almost older than you now. And probably more mature, but, you know, we're working on that. Oh, there's no question about that. Well, happy birthday to your son, Mr. Will Graves. And I got to hear all about your presentation at Career Day. You say I'm a big, bad AP writer, man? Hell yeah, well, you I did. <laughs> sort of. I mean, look, you know, it's uh, unfortunately the uh, my kids are in elementary school, and the principal, who's a good dude, um, he scheduled me to start by talking to kinder- kindergartners and first graders who just don't, who have zero Fs to give about most of that stuff. I mean, you talk to them about, like, you know, even, like, not many of them have been to, been to any sporting events. None of them really understand how it works. So you're like, you know, I, I kept going with the pitch of, like, I get to go to the games and they I, they pay me to go and I don't I get to eat free food and that's what they are interested in, right? Like, that's their deal. <laughs> well, that's and what I you do, wanted I do to do, it, and right? I'm wearing, Like, you know, and I have a bunch, obviously I'm old, right? So I have a bunch of credentials saved up. And I'm wearing... I mean, I've got credentials from five Olympics and the Kentucky Derby and the Indy 500 and the Final Four and the World Series around my neck, and I'm like, this is, you know, I'm I'm legit, right? And then these kids just they could not care less. So it's kind of yeah, good. Yeah, know, I think if I in that way. if I told kids what I did, they would not know what AM radio is. So there's that. <laughs> now you're Although, on the internet. Hey, you're on the internet. You can say that, dude. Say so you talk on the internet. That's it's true. But it was good. Like the kids, all, you know, like one of the kids asked me if I knew if I if I talked to Babe Ruth. So I, I guess I give him credit for like knowing who Babe Ruth is, right? In that scenario. So. And I give him points for comedy because you are a lot older than. Uh, the kid thought uh, well, I was he 80. thinks you're a lot the older than you thought, actually the kid are. Thought I was eight. Yeah, he, he did. He legit thought I was eight. That's not bad. Will Graves from the Associated Press. Uh, he covered Babe Ruth. Jesus. Is when you, you know, I said, how many people, like, parents, like, subscribe to a newspaper and, like, you'd see, like, three hands out of 20 shoot up, and I was like, this is not good. So. They probably didn't know what the word subscribe meant, so it could be. <laughs> I think I said get the newspaper at their house, I believe is how I phrased it. But, 
Uh, Either way, yeah, it's it not, great. not great. Will Gray anyway. from the Associated Press, the uh, dying industry. He joins <laughs> us here on the Crowley Show on AM Radio, the equally as dying industry. Uh, both of our careers spiraling down the tubes. Fortunately for me, I'm only 27. Will, though, Will is screwed if he's to lose his job. Hey, Will, uh, the Golden Knights... <laughs> This is insane. It's insane to me what they're doing. I don't have a question here. All I've got to say is, though, it's insane, and I've never seen anything like it. In fact, here is the question. Have you seen anything like it? I think, you know, from a hockey standpoint, the closest thing that I can remember is, like, the, you know, like there was that one year the Ducks went to the finals or Jaguar, like, was lights out for a month and a half. Or, like, right. the first time in 8 beat a one which I think was the Sharks and the Red Wings, like in 93 or 94, and the Sharks had been rolling around for a couple of years. Archer's Urbe was their great goaltender, which was also maybe before you were born. Uh, but they got housed in the second round. Right. So this is, I mean, it's pretty remarkable. Uh, it's pretty remarkable stuff. And it, the good thing about it for the NHL is it sort of makes the league accessible in much the way that, like, the EPL, when Leicester City, or Leicester right. City, whatever, when they when they won it at five thousand one, like people don't care about the NHL with the same depth and passion that they care about other sports from a casual fan standpoint. But it was good marketing for the EPL two years ago when Leicester did it. It's it's. I mean, this is a good thing. People will probably pay attention to the finals now, uh, at least a little bit, just because of the the underdog aspect of this thing. Whereas if it was Winnipeg, like, I mean, it'd be it'd be cricket. So nobody would be watching and i think you're right i think it's a great thing for the league for two reasons number one it gets the national audience involved in something that they can all wrap their head around hey it's an expansion team they're just rooting for the underdog two it's great for the league because it creates a legitimate hockey market in vegas if they win this thing and even if they don't they've created a bunch of fans and hopefully they'll continue to breed and continue to create vegas golden knight fans so if i'm an owner in the nhl if i'm the nhl overall i'm happy as bleep about the way that this all went down i really am yeah, I mean, I'll give you a, a very a very easy example. I have a, a longtime friend who's in town this weekend. He's uh, lives in Indianapolis, uh, you know, moves around his whole life. Uh, and he, he's never been interested in hockey at all. And then, like, sort of randomly, as we're talking at lunch today, he just goes, hey, I'm kind of looking for a hockey team. I'm thinking about getting into it. Uh, what do you think about What about this Vegas thing? You know, and he's like, I think that's something I could sort of get interested in, the way that they're – out of nowhere. And this is a guy, I mean, this is sort of, if you're a hockey guy, he's a sports fan, but not a hockey fan. And if you're the league, this is the guy that you want to get into your business. So that, so just right there, anecdotally, is this is sort of proof that this is a good thing, you know, what Vegas has done. Now, whether they pull it off or not, I think it doesn't matter, right? I mean, they've been playing with house money from day one, and they just keep doubling down and winning. So it's, it's pretty impressive. Uh, Vegas analogy. Will Graves from the AP Vegas, joining baby. us here on the Crowley Show. Vegas, baby. How mad should fans be if they're in a long-suffering market such as Washington <laughs> or any other market and they see Vegas win this thing the first year if they were to do that? I'd be a little bit perturbed if I were them, but I think that, well, it's hard for me to put myself in their shoes because the Penguins have had so much success. Well, <laughs> I would say, I mean, especially if you're the Caps, or like the Panthers, where you know Panthers ran the coach out of town, right? And he takes he's got Vegas on the cusp. Uh, he's got Vegas in the finals. And with the Caps, I mean, they're, they're one of the, the former front office guys are running 
are, are running the pants or are running the knights. So I mean that's kind of like, oh, what are we, what are we doing here? I think that I think that does sort of twist the knights a little bit sometimes. I mean, I remember, and it's happened a couple times where, you know, like the, these nouveau riche teams just sort of come in and 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 win immediately, and then like all of a sudden, like the Marlins. Like remember the Marlins came up and they were what in year four in their first World Series, and like the Red Sox fans, of course, losing their mind. Uh, and then they win it again before the Red Sox win it and end up ending that curse. And I think that is sort of, it does sort of in some way sort of jab the knife because it's fans, quote, don't deserve it, according to people. I don't think you can root for a team, and people will, obviously, but I don't think you can root for a team or root against a team based on fan bases. I look at most fan oh, bases no, yes, as no, largely the same. Oh, no, you can totally. You oh, can I don't fans. know, Graves. I don't know, Graves. I think Philadelphia fans suck. I think East Coast fans can be bigger douchebags because I think they're just larger douchebag people. But I think that most fans are largely the same. There's douches in every crowd, and there are very intelligent fans in every crowd. Uh, have you met an intelligent Cowboy fan in your life? I have met over seven Cowboys fans, and they were all dumb. Good point by you. What's your next point? <laughs> I mean, I, I think there are... You're right. I, I think every fan base does have, you know, on the on a broad context. I think, you know, yes, of course. Just like you can go to any segment of the population and find smart people and dumb people and whatever. But I, I think that sort of the the reputation, like it's just the cow. Like my kid can can literally he has carte blanche to root for whoever he wants, except the Cowboys. And part of it is because yes, I grew up a Redskins fan. But part of it is like Cowboys fans are the worst. Like they're the worst, and I and I don't think you could equivocate. Like I think Yankee fans and Red Sox fans are smart, knowledgeable, passionate baseball fans. I do not think Marlins fans are smart, knowledgeable baseball fans. But because there's not enough, you don't even well, you know it's, it's uh, a quote small sample size to borrow hurdles. Well, and that's fair. I mean that that is true, and that's why this is so big for Vegas. I think because uh, they were going to have a small niche group of people that was always going to like it because they liked hockey, but now they're making it more of an event, kind of like in Nashville. You know, I, yeah. I really hated on the Nashville people last year because they were throwing things and it was pissing me off, but I do think it's good for the game that you develop your own traditions, you fall in love with the team the, own, the way that you fall in love with it, and you know, we'll see what happens here with Vegas, but I hope that they win because I think it's better for the sport. Right, and what are we, not, what are we talking about? We're talking about Vegas making the finals. What are we not talking about, Tom Wilson? So that's that's Great a good point. that's a good thing for the NHL. Uh, breaking news: Will a baboon escaped an American Airlines flight and is currently on the loose at San Antonio Airport? Police say they have it cornered near the baggage area. That's so. I'm glad we've got we're able to stop baboons on the loose. But I mean, you know what? There's a uh, Trying oh to be good boy! Today. I had my I had a week off. I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna veer left and say, "Well, we can't seem to stop guys from walking into schools with guns." But we got the good thing. We got the baboons on lockdown. You know that's good. Well, good uh, apparently, Graves, they they did not get the baboon on, on lockdown. Okay, they have it cornered <laughs> near the baggage area, but uh, there's still a very good chance they shoot it to death because I'm imagining it is not a white. Monkey, uh, if it were, it would survive. I probably shouldn't have said that. Uh, Will Graves joining me here on the Crowley Show. I'm in trouble now. Uh, this whole show has been a train wreck, and that just furthers that along. You know what? No, I'm, ha I'm happy I said it. 
I'm happy I said it, okay? Will Graves again, <clears throat> as I reset, joining me here on the Crowley Show. Do you think Marc-Andre Fleury was respected here in Pittsburgh? Do you think he was treated fairly while he was here? Uh, well, I mean, like any other fan base, when he was good, he was treated fairly, and when he wasn't, he was treated unfairly, right? I mean, that's... I, I, okay. I think, you know, I think there's a lot of selective amnesia among the fan base, it kind of overshadowed by the fact because he is legitimately a decent human being. I'm not going to go so far as to say he's the greatest human that ever lived, as some Whoa. corners of the pro florid crowd might uh, might say. But, I mean, he's a good dude. But let's remember, I got here in 11. He wasn't good in 12. He wasn't, he, you know, he lost his job in 13. He was okay in 14. The offense stopped scoring. Um, and he was, he's been good at times, and he's certainly one of the reasons they've won a big reason they won three cups, but, you know, he's, he's neither the greatest goaltender of all time nor the worst, but I think it gets amplified. I mean, you know, you can't say, well, if he was here, we depends would still be playing. You have no idea. You have no idea. So just, you know, be happy for him and, and move on and not try to, like, I mean, do you think he was treated fairly? No. I think I think, like, what you said, though, that that's what happens. I, I think sometimes, Will, that when a player plays poorly, they're going to get treated terribly. And when they play well, they're not always given the uh, praise that they deserve. And I think that's what happened to Mark andre And, I, I, and it's a, look, a goaltender for the Penguins is a thankless job because this isn't a team that's built that's to win games 2-1. to one. It's just not. It's, it's a team that's built to win games 5-3. And while they did a really good job in the playoffs the last two years of winning the occasional two to one game, <laughs> you know, you're always no matter how well you play, you're always going to be sort of in the shadow of seventy one and eighty seven, which is not I mean, and this has nothing to this just the it's sort of like, you know, I, I would say it's almost like being Draymond Green in a sense, that Draymond's a great player. Draymond makes the Warriors go in, in many ways, but no matter what he does, he's gonna be at best number three. And because he's getting done, you know, Draymond, because he's the volatile guy, things somehow go poorly for the Warriors. He tends to be a focal point, like what happened in, what, the 16 finals, where he got kicked out of game five and the series turned. So I think it's sort of that. Whoever the goaltender is for the Penguins, as long as Sidney you know are here, it's just a real kind of a thankless job. Graves, any reason why Jim Rutherford wouldn't have done the other th- gone the other way and Kept Mark Andre Fleur. I think he. I think everyone should realize that that was the by far the correct move. And then it was better for, better for all involved, right? I mean, he wanted to play, and it made financial sense to move him uh, to a place where he could play. I mean, uh, you're doing him. I mean, they did him. A, it worked out for everybody. I mean, Matt Murray's still what twenty twenty three. His birthday was a month ago. I can't remember if it was twenty three or twenty four. Any either yes. way, he's got his name on the cup twice and he's going to be a pretty good goaltender for the next decade i don't think flowers prime is going to last you know another decade i think he's in the, the midst of something special right now but i think if you've got a guy that's younger that is, that is younger and cheaper and of equal ability you keep that guy period that just that's business sense and i think that's what jr did Graves, thank you for taking the time to join us today, buddy. Always fun. Go back out and hang out with your family. If you're ready for more career day stuff, I'm happy to come into the station. We can compare dying industries. Happy to do it. So. 
Yeah, you. that's a good idea. Goodbye, Will. There he goes, Will Graves of the Associated Press. Coming up next, it is the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined. It's a Crowley Show. And what is going down is one of the best Crowley shows of all time. Did we just drop out again? No, we're good. I, I just asked based on habit. It is one of the best Crowley shows of all time. This is some classic stuff. And you know, it's such a throwback. It's like college radio. How about that? It's not Alex's fault. It is not Tom's fault. It is the fault of the technology and the internet connection. It is also my fault for not being as good at radio as I wish that I was. But we'll battle through. We'll fight through. We'll be okay. We'll come out on the other side stronger than ever. And I'm back in studio for the foreseeable future starting tomorrow. 412-922-2874 is the number. Not that I'll hold my breath or cross my fingers there. You can tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. We are live at the North Park Lounge where you can come on by and sign up at the Bamboo Bar for an opportunity to go to St. Louis and watch the Pirates play the St. Louis Cardinals. It is airfare. It is a hotel room, and it is tickets to a series between these two clubs. That'll be a blast. Uh, the Pirates will probably lose because now they're losing to everyone, including the Padres, three in a row. But, you know, it'll still be fun. Now we say if you go on one of these trips and you bring a lover, there's some sex there. That's going to happen. Uh, hotel sex. That's just a reality. It's now the time for the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined. Tomorrow, Steelers OTAs begin, which means Mason Rudolph will have met Ben Roethlisberger for the first time. There's a lot being talked about as it relates to Ben Roethlisberger and Mason Rudolph. How is this going to affect the club? Is Ben being a douche? Let me answer those in order. It's not going to affect the club, and yes, Ben is being a douche, and that's because he can be a douchebag a lot. But this is not going to affect the team. If the Steelers can't function because Ben and Rudolph don't get along, then they were never that good, the Steelers, in the first place. Ben Roethlisberger is not going to get motivated by this. Ben Roethlisberger is not going to play terribly because of this. Ben Roethlisberger is going to be the same Ben Roethlisberger that he's been since he came into the league, and that means he's going to be a more than serviceable quarterback, at times a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback, and he will help the Steelers score a bleep ton of points this year. That's it. That's what's going to happen. I'm so sick and tired of the drama surrounding these Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'm so sick and tired of the drama around these Pittsburgh Steelers being something that's blamed for their failures. It's not because of the drama. It's not because Antonio Brown throws a Gatorade cooler. It's not because Alejandro Villanueva stands for the national anthem when everyone else is inside. It's not because Martavis Bryant's requesting a trade. It's not because of any of that crap. They lost last year because they didn't have a good enough defense before Ryan Shazier got hurt. Then Ryan Shazier got hurt, and they did not have the people capable of filling in to help the defense go to that next level. Period. Uh, Mike Mitchell looking ahead had nothing to do with whether or not the Steelers lost the game. Mike Tomlin talking about the New England Patriots and how there was going to be a rematch is not why the Steelers lost late in the season. Steelers went 10-1 and down the stretch. 
Steelers should have beaten the New England Patriots. A rules violation screwed that up, and who knows what happens if the Steelers get to play their home game, their playoffs at home. Now that they got to play Jacksonville there, but things changed. They wouldn't have had to play Jacksonville to the AFC Championship game, and you don't know if it's going to happen. Maybe New England knocks them off. You play the Patriots at home again, and maybe you get them. I don't want the drama to allow the Steelers to get off the hook for not having been good enough last year. It wasn't the drama. It wasn't the nonsense. It was not being good enough, period. Here's something to look forward to at OTAs tomorrow. James Washington cutting through that Steelers defense. Again, not that that's hard, but James Washington, to me, is going to be the rookie that has the biggest impact on the Steelers this season. James Washington is a wide receiver. The Steelers tend to allow their wide receivers to play a lot at the beginning portion of their career. Martavis Bryant a couple of years ago had eight touchdowns. Last year, Juju Smith-Schuster had 917 yards. The Steelers will allow them to play. The Steelers will allow them to be part of their game plan, and that's going to be the case with James Washington this year. Gone is Martavis Bryant. No longer part of the team is Sammy Coates. The Steelers don't have a legitimate deep threat other than Antonio Brown, and Antonio Brown can't be the only guy who's running deep patterns down the field. James Washington can run the full route tree. James Washington's a big guy. He's not the fastest player on the field, but James Washington will be that deep threat for the Steelers next year. And because of that, you slide him in the number three wide receiver slot, and now you're cooking. Now, I know that you want to see Edmonds come in and play a bunch, but I don't necessarily know how much he's going to have to at the beginning of the season. Uh, remember a couple of years ago, Artie Burns did not play, and he didn't have to until they absolutely needed him. They were trying out Sean Davis in the slot. They were trying a lot of different things. William Gase sliding out to the outside, and it didn't work, and they eventually went to Artie Burns. At the beginning portion of the year, I think you're going to see a lot of Bostick alongside Vince Williams. I think Bostick's going to be a guy who they're going to expect to play three downs. But as the season wears on, I think you're going to see Edmonds flex into that spot. Or I think you're going to see uh, Morgan Burnett flex into that spot, and then maybe Edmonds play a little bit more center field. He'll get worked into the rotation later. I just think at the beginning part of the season, James Washington is going to be ready to go. No Le'Veon Bell tomorrow. How big of a deal is that going to be? He got off to a slow start last year. Does this have an impact? Who steps up and makes a name for himself? Is it going to be Jalen Samuels, who the Steelers took from NC State? Is James Conner going to take that next step and prove that not only can he stay healthy, but he can be productive when he is out there on the football field? Is there a option who slides in and tries to vie for a spot other than those two? I'm interested to see what Jalen Samuels can do. I'm interested to see how he can do picking up the blitz. I want to see how he gets into his checks, things of that nature. James Conner should have, of course, the advantage there, having already been there last year. But I am excited to see how this young man can slide in. Last thing, Morgan Burnett and John Bostic. How will they fit into this much maligned Steelers defense from the last two years? As I mentioned, I have an idea. I think Bostick's the three-down linebacker early on. But I think as the season progresses, it ain't going to go like that. Morgan Burnett, how's he going to slot in? We know who's on the roster, but there's a lot of moving parts on the defense that haven't quite been there these last couple of years. 
That is the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun, brought to you by To Be Determined. We're now joined by Devin, who's given us a call on the hotline. What's up, Devin? How you doing, buddy? I'm all right. What's on your mind? I got two questions. I knew, uh, first I'm going to start with a statement, but I got two questions for you. I knew that Ryan Shazier was really, really good. But how in the world did he make Vince Williams look that good before he got hurt? And then afterwards, <laughs> how did Vince Williams look like that? Because I don't understand how one player can make you look like you're very, very, very serviceable. And the second question is, do you think, I think, this is what I think, but I'm asking you. I think that they really brought in uh, Edmonds to be, his, his, his label's always going to be safety, but more like a linebacker because they're going to use a lot of sub packages. And I'll get off and let you answer the question. Thanks. Yeah, appreciate the call, Devin. And if you'd like to chime in, 412-922-2874. Edmonds is going to play linebacker. He just is. Or Morgan Burnett's going to play linebacker in late nouns and... Edmonds is going to play center field. Either way, they're going to have a guy who's listed as a safety right now playing a kind of hybrid role. For a long time, a lot of people have said, well, Ryan Shazier's small, he should play safety. Well, the Steelers are going the opposite way. They're going to have safeties, I believe, work their way into sub-package football, and they're going to be able to match up on the back end. Maybe sometimes Morgan Burnett is the guy who's in the box, but at other times it's Edmonds. It depends on the matchup. Maybe Edmonds, they think, can cover uh, a shiftier tight end, and they think that Sean Davis can cover a bigger tight end. Perhaps they think Morgan Burnett can cover a slot receiver, and maybe Edmonds can't, or vice versa. We'll find out what they think about all that as the season moves on, and as we get closer to the season, as we dive into training camp and OTAs, uh, but right now, that's the plan, is that they're going to be able to match up. Don't know what the matchups quite are going to be, but that is the plan. As for Vince Williams, he's a good downhill run-stuffing player. He's good off the blitz. But Ryan Shazier, make no mistake about it, is one of the better sideline-to-sideline linebackers in the entire National Football League. And when he's not out there to clean up some of the mistakes, it's going to look bad for the other guy. Uh, Lawrence Timmons would not have looked as good with Ryan Shazier out of the lineup. And in fact, when Ryan Shazier was hurt, you didn't see Lawrence Timmons playing as good of a game. So it's just the way it's going to be. It's really tough whenever you've got a player next to you who's making all the calls, as Ryan Shazier was, and also making all the plays. And, well, whenever you're playing alongside guys like Sean Spence, who have been curtain jerkers in this league, you're just not going to look as good. Vince Williams is just a guy. He's not a great football player, but he can be a serviceable one when he's playing with the right guy. Let's see if John Boston can maybe be that guy this year. Coming up next, the Buckos. They're struggling now after a lot of recent success. Will they spend another day in first place the rest of the season? I've got my doubts. We'll talk about it. It's a Crowley Show.